everyone. Welcome to Double Rewind. I'm your host, Stephanie Young, with my co-host, Jillian Young. And we're back after a little, I think it was maybe two, maybe three weeks or so. We've both been no, very we're, busy. We're literally just, I think we're just two days late. We we're, were supposed to have an episode Monday. Okay, well, so we're just two days I don't know, late. it feels later. Um, so welcome. If you're a first time listener, welcome to Double Rewind. Um, this is a podcast between me and my twin sister, Jillian, and we look at media that we should have either watched or listened to a long time ago, and we'll kind of share that with each other, like rewinding back in the past. So um, every once in a while, I'll show Jillian a movie she hasn't seen. She'll show me something I haven't seen. And sometimes we'll view something for the first time that we both haven't seen. And we've also, like last episode, we did music. So we did that with the Jonas Brothers. And then we can also dive into TV. So mainly movies. And movies is also one that we're going to be doing today. Stephanie's showing me a movie that I've never seen. Yeah, so today's episode is going to be um, with the movie Life of Pi. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, you may have just heard of it because it was just one of those movies that was big for the Oscar talk and being, um, nominated for a lot of awards in 2012. Um, and it's also based on a book, which we'll go over, but yeah, so Jillian had never seen it before. Um, this was my second time seeing it. Yeah. So we'll dive into that, but first we're going to do our top three. So, um, if you don't know Life of Pi, it, it, there's a tiger is like a big part of the movie. So... Our theme this week is like top three animal movies. So it's kind of like if an animal is like a big part of the movie or if they're a main character. It's it's kind of I broad. said like top three animal sidekick movies. Like whoever the character is has to have a prominent animal side character and it can't be like Disney. Could it be like a, a main animal character? Yeah. And it's not Disney. Yeah, we're not doing Yeah, Disney. it has to be like... The movie, when you think about the movie, a prime aspect is an animal character. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's what we did. I'll go first this week if okay, that's okay. Sure, yeah. Um, this was tough. Um, so number three animal movie. Uh, so I would say number three is My Dog Skip. My Dog Skip I actually haven't seen in a very long time. Probably I haven't seen it since I was in elementary school. But it was one of those movies that... I feel like really made me love movies very young. It's so emotional. It's actually very short. I looked it up, but oh, really? it has Frankie Muniz when he's a little boy and he gets this Jack Russell Terrier and I think it's in the 50s or 60s. Mm. Wonderful yeah. film. Very, very uh, emotional. Number two, I feel like this is Stephanie's number one. I'll have to see. But number two for me is going to be Babe. Um, Babe is just an amazing I don't know how else to describe it. So obviously it's it's basically real animals. And of course, I guess their mouths are moved by CGI. But it's about a pig who is grows up in like a dog family, but also lives on a farm. Like, it, it's hard to explain what it is. But it was one of those movies. I'll explain that, it later. It was also one of those <laughs> movies that was like up for an Academy Award, I believe so too. It, it was probably in like the early 2000s or late 90s. It won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Comedy Music musical okay yeah so babe is number two and number one which i know i'm gonna get shit for is good boy good boy is good one... boy is a fantastic film okay. i don't know who's gonna give well, you well that's shit. because well here's the thing um good boy was one of those movies that i remember seeing in the theater where we went and it's an adorable movie it's basically about dogs that live in outer space and basically a dog comes down to earth to basically see how the dogs are behaving because the main thing is that dogs are supposed to be the dominant species on earth 
Um, so I, I can go more into it, but it would take too long. But this movie was so adorable and it, it made, I watched it yesterday to make sure, oh, really? make sure it was my number one. I bawled like a baby and I'm 27. I hadn't seen it in over 10 years again. It is an amazing movie. Cutest, cutest movie ever. Love it so much. And the, I just wanted to quickly, um, the reason why I said people would give me shit is because on Letterboxd, People are giving this movie such shit. And I just wanted to read two really quick reviews of people that I 100% agree with. And it just okay. encompasses like what I had said. Someone said, some weird camera shots and a script that's a little awkward at times. But whatever, dude. It's a cheesy dog movie for kids made in the early 2000s. It's sweet and cute. I get it if you don't like this movie. But really, if you care enough to leave it a half star in a bad written review, seek therapy and happiness. I actually disagree with that review in the sense of it's not a cheesy dog movie. It's a fucking fantastic film. You you haven't seen it in over 10 years. Not true. And I'll explain. All right. Anyway, <laughs> this is the other one that I completely agreed with. If you left a shitty review of this movie, I genuinely hope the worst for you in life. <laughs> So those are just two reviews where it's like, I don't understand how people could go on Letterboxd and just be like, this is a really terrible film. And because of this, 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 give me a break. It is amazing. Good boy, go see it. Okay, so my top three, my number three is good boy. Okay. So I actually, I watched this a bunch when I was younger, but I actually watched it uh, 2019, four years ago when okay. I was teaching and we had like staff development and I finished all my stuff. So like we had to sit there for three hours in our classroom with nothing. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch Good Boy. So I watched Good like Boy. Like you watched it by yourself? Yeah, I watched oh, okay. it by myself in, during school hours. But it was so cute. It's so cute. I love it so much. I, for some reason, it always comes up in conversation with people. Um, in like the last year, I'm just like, have you seen Good Boy, Good Boy? It's so Amazing. good. It's so cute. Um, my number two is Because of Winn-Dixie. Okay, yeah. I watched that a couple months ago after seeing it when I was a kid a, a million times. Um, and I'm like, you know, is this really good? And I gave it on Letterboxd a five star. It is, it's so, not only good, but it actually gives kids credit for dealing with situations that do not get dealt with. They deal with Gloria, who has like alcohol problems, and she has those bottles from oh, her yeah. yeah about her the bad things that she's done I'm like they don't do that i haven't seen movie. that movie since i was oh young but it's amazing and the book is great it's everything so about good. it it's so good yeah and my number one if you go about a thousand steps up is babe yeah i knew babe would babe be is actually one. one of my favorite films of all time i think it's in my top three films of all time actually yeah it's in your top four on letterboxd right <sighs> it's it's one of my favorite movies it's it's about a pig who his, yeah, his please enlighten everybody. Yeah, his <laughs> destiny is to be slaughtered, but he goes to this uh, farmer who's intended to slaughter him eventually, and then realizes that he has a bigger purpose in life, <laughs> which is um, he becomes a a herding dog, but as a pig. Yeah, and it's about herding pig, and it's literally about not facing the fate that everyone thinks you should have and charting your own course in life. It's about <laughs> and it's a, a pig. And it's about a talking pig. So I'm sorry. It's one of my top three films of all time. It's, it's a great movie. So good. Um, all right. So those are my top. I'm sorry. Like I almost choked up talking about Babe. That was a, Babe is great. We used to watch it with our dad. Yeah. It's one of our dad's favorite movies too. It's very adorable if you've never seen it. 
I just want to do a whole podcast episode about Babe. Well, we've both seen it, so we can't rewind. <laughs> okay. Um, so Life of Pi. So that's what we're doing today. Um, so Life of Pi is a 2012 um, adventure drama film directed and produced by Ang Lee, um, written by David McGee. It's based on Yann Martel's 2001 novel of the same name, and it stars Sir Siraj, sorry, Sharma. Siraj Sharma, Irfan Khan Tabu, Rafi or Rafs and Rafs Ball. The storyline revolves around two survivors of a shipwreck who are on a lifeboat stranded in the Pacific Ocean for 227 days. One is a 16-year-old Indian boy named Pai Patel, and the other is a ferocious Bengal tiger named Richard Parker. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So that's the gist of it. When it says two survivors, one of them is an animal. Yeah. Well, no, there was a few, but then, yeah. yeah. So if Ang Lee sounds familiar to you, he's the director of Brokeback Mountain. Oh, okay, that's why he's familiar. That is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, so the film began development shortly after the release of the book, release of the book, and it would, it was possibly going to either be directed by M. Night Shyamalan, Alfonso Cuaron, or Jean-Pierre Junette. I'm not really good at French. Um, but it involved various stages and they ended up hiring Lee. Those are three very big directors, which is interesting. Also I can't broke see back M- Mountain in this movie are very different. As I well. couldn't see M. Night Shyamalan yeah, doing no. it, but I, maybe the other two could. Um, but it was nominated for three Golden Globes, including Best Picture Drama, Best Director, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Original Score. At the 85th Academy Awards, it had 11 nominations, including Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and won four, including Best Director for Angle. Oh my god, it won Best Director. I yeah. just remember this movie being up for so much, and I never saw it, and I was like, meh, okay. Yeah. So that's the gist of it. So that's Life of Pi. Um... So what we'll start doing is we'll go over the discussion of it. We'll talk about our general reactions. And then we'll follow with what we always do, trivia and goofs. Um, so I guess I'll just ask you your general opinions about this movie before we get into it. Do you want to share or do you want me to go first? Well, I know you love it because you gave it a four and a half stars on Letterboxd like two days ago. Okay. Um, but I mean, if you want to quickly go. Okay. Actually, why don't I go? Yeah, God. Then... All right. It was like, okay. And I think it's because... This movie was in, when it was in theaters, it was also in 3D. And I feel like, like our, I, you know, Joey, he, I saw on Letterboxd, he said he saw it in 3D Mm -hmm. like two times. Mm -hmm. I didn't see this movie on the big screen. I also didn't see it in 3D. So when it comes at you as just a normal movie, you're watching without that cinematic experience. It's like, okay. It's not bad at all. But I also wasn't, um... Like, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it to its fullest, really. I mean, to be honest, I feel like some parts were very slow. I mean, they are, of course, out on the ocean for 227 days. But then I think to movies like Buried with Ryan Reynolds underground the entire movie, and that movie was more captivating to me than this movie. Um, Definitely not bad, but I just feel like I didn't see it in the right context. And I also think if you need to see this movie in that context, I question if it's really an amazing film and that's just in my opinion i know most people love this most people on letterboxd i'd say 90 percent thought this was an amazing movie so i didn't know if i missed something so that was kind of my overall thoughts um so it's interesting that you say that because i've only seen this movie twice at home like on a normal television and to me i don't feel like the movie has to be seen in a certain way for it to be good because I just saw it on a regular TV. Right, um, but I thought the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I Not the opposite, I love this but... movie. I think what it's going for about 
about the stories we tell, not only the stories, but how we tell them is by the end of the movie, when you get to that kind of the thematic element of it, I just sat there and I'm just like, this idea of just stories and telling stories is why I love movies in general. And I feel like it goes along with that. Anytime I see a movie where I'm sit there and I'm like, this is why I love movies. It just, it gives me that kind of heartfelt like connection to it. Um, I think the visuals will go in more into it and all that. But I yeah. really, really like this movie. And I love how it's it can easily be, even though it's PG-13, it can be easily be seen by ver- people very young, actually. Like, it's very universal for it's any It's PG, age. so, Oh, yeah. is it PG? Yeah, yeah it's it PG-13. Okay, then yeah. There's no questions here about the visuals, so can I say something about it? The first question's about the visuals. Oh, yeah. Never okay, mind. so let's go to the first question. <laughs> what did you think about the film's visuals? The film was released in 2012. Did you think this was advanced for the time or did it seem consistent with the time? So just to clarify, like, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, those were some visually stunning films in 2012. So here's the thing. Because I... and. I could, like, as I was watching it, you can tell what parts were supposed to be 3D. And I don't like that. Because when I was watching it, I'm like, you can obviously see in this shot, this is supposed to be 3D. And I don't like that because I'm obviously not watching it in 3D. So the visuals, though, like, it was, the animals were all CGI. So it was all CGI'd, which... It it definitely, like, it was visually appealing. But the one thing that I don't get about this is, for example, you, I have told me you've criticized the CGI in The Little Mermaid. I don't see any difference between The Little Mermaid CGI and this CGI because you can totally tell it's all CGI from the animals. Except maybe, like, I don't know if they actually did film it in the ocean or not. So I guess the environment itself was very visually beautiful. Mm -hmm. But, like, the animals... The way they CGI'd it was what they're doing with CGI with, like, Disney movies right now. It all looks the same. So, like, I'm not saying it was bad, but I also feel like if people criticize certain CGI, I don't understand how this movie is out of that realm of people thinking the CGI is amazing here, but not in movies that look almost identical. Okay, so, (laughs) I mean, I personally, like... I can't disagree more with the difference between the visuals of this and the Little Mermaid. Like, like little I, ass. Well, here's the thing. I, As I well, was can saying, I, can I just finish? No, for but a I, I was just qu- quickly saying that like the entirety of the underwater for the Little Mermaid was all CGI. Everything is CGI there. So like this is a little different where only the animals are CGI. So of course it makes more of a difference in the Little Mermaid where it could be criticized that way. I mean, I personally think that the Little Mermaid CGI looks really fake. And I don't, you can tell obviously this is CGI, but to me, it they were able to capture the technology that made the animals look lifelike in the CGI form. I, I just think the visuals for this are like not even comparable. But, I but not like- even the CGI that I'm just talking about. I'm talking about the visuals of the way he, sh- like, they're not actually, like, all of the the scenic of, like, him, like, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, for the most part, when they do, like, the nighttime scenes and, like, the kind of dreamlike scenes, those are all the visuals. And I think that it's absolutely beautiful the way he well, does but that. But when he's on that island, because he finally gets to an island, all of those lights and stuff like that, that's not real. That's also has to be CGI. It does look very beautiful, but that's not real. Right, but I still think the CGI is no, good in this no, movie. Like, were, I think it's done really well. No, 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 but you were saying how, like, all 
I thought you were saying that like that stuff wasn't, and it was just the no. animals that are CGI. No. Yeah, you those said visuals, just the animals those are CGI. In those, in that one scene, you need to listen. No, to me. actually, the tiger, the tiger, I think is so good. It doesn't look that CGI. The yeah, it does. Inc- I don't know. I think no, it, the oh, tiger the zebra, looks incredible. That zebra. I think that was the worst CGI. Well, I think so because it's literally getting flown exactly. in the air. And I don't want to see a real zebra getting flown in the air. All right, calm down. <laughs> calm down. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was, it was for CGI. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. But like the CGI for this and movies I've seen recently all look the same. So especially for like, if this movie was up for cinematography, it's like, yeah, but most of it's not real. Can you say that? I mean, I think you're also kind of making a point. Like, let's just say you do think the CGI is the same between, like, this and The Little Mermaid. I'm not saying exactly. The Little Mermaid came out 11 years later. (laughs) So the fact that you can't develop 11 years of CGI is kind of sad. Well, I don't know. You, I don't know what they do. It could be possible that you, there hasn't been a lot of developments and that's nothing to like the team. It's more of like, what are the technological, technological developments since then? Maybe there haven't been. I don't know. I haven't well, seen, it has to I don't also know do with money because it's really interesting because I actually looked it up and Avatar and The Little Mermaid were made for the same budget. And that's absolutely insane because the second avatar the visuals are like some of the best i've ever seen technologically with james cameron and then you see the little mermaid same budget one is terrible and one is incredible i wonder if they put their budget in other places though like i I don't don't really know how budgets work and they're both underwater so it's a very comparable thing same money and both underwater i've never seen avatar so it's very comparable i can't Um, speak to the cgi in avatar I don't know. I I think the CGI, especially in 2012, is really good in this I'm one. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just... The I visuals, just, not d- just CGI, everything. I don't know. I th- I didn't think it was bad. It's just, I you can definitely tell, which is fine, but I don't know. Okay. All right. What would you rate this among other survival films you've seen? So can did you name you- a few? So, it, no, unbroken. You literally named one of Buried. Oh, I thought you meant survival. Like, it can be any time you're trying to survive. So, did you feel a uniqueness uniqueness to this one, or did you feel it was standard? So, I, like survival, um, you could even think. I of, mean, uh, the only the only aspect to this movie that was a little unique was the tiger. But like being stranded out on an ocean is not a unique concept. I feel like we've seen that, and like even part of Unbroken. Like I'd say maybe a third of that movie, or maybe a little less, is out there. Um, I've even, I mean, I feel like TV shows do the same thing where you're like stuck either on an ocean or the island. So I wouldn't say this was specifically unique besides the aspect of the tiger, because then it's kind of like, it's not just you trying to survive out there. You're also like not even, you can't even be on your boat because there's a tiger there. So I feel like, I guess the way they were shipwrecked, I guess is a little unique because, you know, they were, they were leaving and they were bringing their animals from the zoo. But besides the tiger, I didn't really find this survival film very unique. I feel like I've just seen a lot of people stranded in the water. I mean, I, well, can you name another movie of someone stranded in the water? Well, I said a thir- probably like a third of Unbroken. And then, um, I feel like they're def- it's not a, it's not a unique concept. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't, I think it was, it wasn't necessarily standard because it had the aspect of the tiger, but the concept of being shipwrecked and stranded, like, it's not unique. I mean, I, I like this movie. I don't see, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of movies you can kind of label as survival movies. This one, I put survival because 
a lot of it he's trying to survive. Yeah. But I don't equate it with survival movies. I just equate it with a film where the at one point he has to survive just because it gives me a different feeling. Um, I think the fact that it has the animal is one of the best parts of this is that not only are you stranded and trying to figure out how to survive yourself, but you're also trying to survive from something that is right next to you as you're both trying yeah, to survive. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm And the thing about this movie that is interesting to me is in the beginning, he realizes he's on a boat with a tiger. He <laughs> he doesn't want to get eaten and by the tiger. And multiple animals. Like at one point, even the coyote is an issue or whatever that animal was. Yeah, so he's trying to survive living and then there's also a tiger but you also get the sense as the movie progresses that he's starting to get this emotional connection to this tiger without having to completely give it his trust because he knows he can't trust a wild animal but there's this weird balance of wanting to trust him knowing that he can't still loving him and not wanting anything to happen but knowing that if he was gone, things would be easier for him. I don't know. I just think this whole balance with the tiger really adds to it. And it gives it that kind of more layers of a survival film, especially even with an animal. Not even an animal you can live with, but one that you can't live with. Yeah. I mean, I think the tiger, like I said, the tiger aspect was one of the more unique parts. And I think it comes from sometimes like when you're see any type of animal you know they have their instincts and you know it's not their fault that they're trying to kill you that's just kind of what their instincts are and I feel like he felt for the tiger in a way they were because even though they're animal and man they're both in the same situation so I would say that was the one aspect that is unique but other than that like just being shipwrecked it's definitely um more standard I'd say and if you haven't seen this movie just as a quick thing is um the main boy and his family are on a boat to uh go to another place they're, um, they're basically they're, they're, moving. they're leaving um they're leaving their area of india because there's some kind of i was trying to look into it it's a historical like um a okay. disagreement there and then they were trying to seek refuge um and this whole family ends up dying um because they're they have a zoo so they're trying to bring their animals all the animals end up dying except for the tiger um and his family so he's the only survivor so that's why that's why he's in this situation um okay so um films tell various stories all the time life of pi's major themes is the way in which stories are told does the way a story is told affect how you view it as a whole or is it more important how a story is told sorry or is it more important like what the story is rather than how it's told Pretty much, like, when you get to an end of the movie, like, here's all the events, this is what happened, or does it matter how that story is told? For example, like, we see teen movies all the time having to deal with people in high school. Yeah. Does it matter how the story is told for it to, you know, make it a good or intriguing premise? Well, I mean, it's, it's both. I feel like the story itself is important because I... I mean, there could be stories that are very similar. Um, I guess if you have someone tell it in a different way. So I definitely say a majority of it, I feel like, is how it's told is what makes it unique. Um, so I'd say maybe like two thirds of it is like how it's told and one third is the actual events. Um, so I'm trying to remember kind of what, what this question was. 
So it's does it's it matter? Of, yeah, I mean, it does matter. I mean, you can have the two people tell the exact same story, but one is more animated and like gives more feeling deeper into it, does voices, all that, and someone could not, and it makes you enjoy the story even more. I kind of equate it how like we had like a librarian when we were younger, and she was very into telling the story in a unique way. And then I also had other people that would tell the story, and they just didn't do it as well, so it made you less interested. So I do feel mm-hmm. like the way in which a story is told is important. I mean, the events also. Like, this was a an amazing story in itself. So I feel like even if someone heard the bare bones of it, they'd be like, that's an incredible survival story. But the way it's told is also important because you can get into more of those nuances and that personal feeling that they can express to their audience. Yeah. And the reason I kind of ask this is because, um, so I'm going to say, if you haven't seen the movie and you're like really into it, maybe skip a little, but you can't talk about this movie without talking about this theme of a story. So the reason I asked this was because once you get to the end, you realize this story is a story within a story. The guy who survived all of this is telling this man who's going to end up writing this in a book. Um, And he tells him this whole story. And the guy's like, wow, this is an incredible story. And the guy who survived told the police or what happened. And they were like, there's no way that's true. What actually happened? So he ends up saying, oh, you know, and he starts saying that all the animals that he was telling in the story were actually people. And then you learn that there is a much sadder story here about his family dying. And he tried to kind of make a more beautiful tale in the trueness of the story. And you learn that he's almost telling a tall tale this whole time to try to make the story mean something as opposed to just saying my entire family died. Wait a second. Yeah. No, 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 no. But listen to me because I also thought like it's possible that when he told the story about all of the people and you know how like, so he told, obviously the whole story is about him and these animals. He then tells the story to the police where each animal represents an actual person. Right. So you're like, oh, was it actually the animals on the boat or was it the people? But then the newspaper, I mean, I guess because the guy wrote it, he, or no, like there's a newspaper clipping of like about the tiger. So you're like, oh, well, maybe it actually was, but I guess it depends on the guy that told, like wrote the story who's listening to it the whole time. So like you don't know a hundred percent. So this was why I, this is what I was doing. And as the movie's going on and he just gets shipwrecked and there are a couple animals on the ship, he looks under that white little turban thing and there's nothing there. And then later the tiger comes out of it and I'm like, he wouldn't have missed that tiger. Well, but if it was a human, he also wouldn't well, have missed a Well, that's what I'm saying. Human. So you know that this is a fabricated story, but in some ways, I feel like some of it could be true where others are more exaggerated. Well, what I'm saying is the tiger wasn't actually a tiger. Like, and then there goes into this thing where I'm starting to think, like, was he by himself the entire time? And in order to kind of mentally feel like he was being supported and there was a purpose to this journey, he had to make up in his mind that there was someone with him and it turned out to be this tiger that he really loved as a child. Um, but there's no way of knowing though. You can't be a hundred percent. It's more of like ambiguity where it's like someone could take it a different way, but they don't specifically pinpoint exactly what it was and what the actual true, true story was. Well, that's what's, that's what I love about his little quote at the end is he says to the guy, like, this is the story. I wish 
my there was a crash. I was shipwrecked. My whole family died. I got out. That's the story. And then he says, what's better, that or the way I told it? And no, then the I guy think- is just like, the way you told it. And then you start to realize that there's a truth to everything in this world, but there's a beauty in being able to tell the truth, but creating these stories and even in this sense, like films, TV, about telling parts of a story that are true but have a sense of imagination in it that just makes it more meaningful. But that's not exactly what they said at the end. He told the story about the animals and then he told almost the exact same story but with people. And then he said, which story sounds better? He didn't say, how did I tell it? He said, which story? I mean, he did tell it. So yes, it is how he told it. No, but he didn't no, ask yeah, the guy. No, yeah, he said which of these stories is yes, better, yeah, essentially. Which you didn't say. You said, he said, how did I tell it? That's what you said. So it's, Well, it's, he told both, so which right, one did he tell? Right, but it's which story, not how was it the way I did it. I think you just misworded it, which is why I was confused. But he's basically just asking which story is better, the one with the animals or the one with the people? Right, and we right. learn that it's the animal one, which is the more fabricated one. Where all the bare bone elements are true, but he tells it in a way that actually is meaningful. The other story and it makes characters learn something and makes the audience learn something, which is why I love movies. Right, That's... but the other story was only somewhat bare bones because they had to tell it in like two minutes because it was the end of the movie. But each, it, the other story also had like more deep things to it because they kind of show him talking for a really long time. We just get that like two minute span of it. Well, I think the fact that he told this one part of the story instead of the other is because there is one that is deeper and he told the deeper one because it actually teaches a lesson. And if someone were to write a book, which story, if you were to read both, teaches more of a lesson and it's going to be like the endurance and the, um, you know, beauty of feeling like you have someone supporting you there and all this and I feel like that's that's just what I love about this movie I personally don't think there's like a right answer of like what people can get out of this which story he told like what it is I feel like everything is not like a right or wrong answer so I think the one good thing about this is I feel like people can get different aspects out of it and kind of draw their own conclusion towards the end well, that's the whole point. It's like, yes, that's exactly. Why, that's that's why, why I said no, it. No, I was just saying that's why stories are so beautiful. And that's I, why movies are, is you can I'm learn all. I'm not disagreeing No, here. I didn't say you were disagreeing. I said these are some of the things that just make film so great. Because a story like this can be told any day in the newspaper about someone surviving a shipwreck. But then you watch, to me, Life of Pi. And, like, you start to come to these different realizations and learn all of these things and you know, feel some kind of emotion the way he told this beautiful story. And that's why I love movies. Yeah, I know. I I was just saying that that I feel like we were kind of saying what did happen and what didn't happen. And all I'm saying is like people can draw their own conclusions. That's the good thing about this. So yeah, I wasn't disagreeing in any way. I was just Oh, I didn't didn't say you were disagreeing. I was just talking. Okay, so why do you think this film resonates with so many? And why is it widely praised by audiences and critics? I know you're not a huge fan of it, but why do you think that a lot of people like this movie then? I mean, kind of because it is kind of like a, well, first of all, 
having it rated PG can definitely make it resonate with a, a lot of other audiences because more there's a wider variety of our audience who can see it. I mean, it's definitely a, a tale of like endurance and motivation and also love and balance. And I just feel like there are many themes that I feel like people can resonate with. Obviously, we're not all stranded on a boat, but it brings up human emotions, um, attachments to, I guess, family, but at the same time, the way they told it with animals. Um, so I just feel like there's many different themes within this movie that people can resonate with. And also just the way in which stories are told, like we're all, we all grow up and we're told stories and it's nice to be able to see in a movie. It's like, oh, I used to be told stories like this when I was a kid. I mean, obviously this has a little more like death and stuff in it, but I feel like the way in which it's told as well as it being just a story that, um, is being told like through a wider lens, I guess, because obviously, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'd say the themes and just like the that it's a story and it's like a story that someone's telling kind of like how we were when growing up with stories and when we were kids. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the reason that people who really are big on film like this is because just in the way that people love movies about people who make movies, I think people love films and stories about stories. Cause that's why we all love film. We go to a, not only just escape, but get these stories that we may not have in our real lives and step into these people's shoes. And I feel like when people watch this movie, they're able to not only resonate with that, but a big part of the movie is like your purpose, like him finding the purpose in the tiger. And like anytime you watch a movie and like purpose being a huge theme is a million people are on this planet being like, why am I here? What's my purpose? And I feel like when people watch this movie, it's such like a, um, a theme that resonates with everybody. And it's just, can be for everybody especially with like children adults everybody I just I think it's a really great movie after watching it it reminded me of how we did the princess bride and that's also kind of a story being told although like that story is not like necessarily like based on a true thing I mean I don't really know but I would will say this one I feel like was just better in terms of a story being told and like flashbacks and all not flashbacks but you know what I'm talking about I think this one did it better than Princess Bride. Also, probably also just because it was really based on a true thing. But I kind of compared both of them and definitely thought that this one was just a stronger film than The Princess Bride from like that comparison. All right, so we'll go into a little bit of the box office and then we'll go into the trivia and goofs. Okay, so as of May 8th, 2013, Life of Pi has grossed 124 million seven hundred seventy four thousand eight hundred forty four dollars in north america and f about 484 million in other countries for a worldwide total of 609 million dollars so way more came from um other countries overseas yeah. overseas yeah um yeah so uh roger ebert of the chicago times gave life of pi four stars out of four um Referring it, to, referring to it as a miraculous achievement of storytelling and a landmark of visual mastery, as well as one of the best films of the year. He particularly praised the film's use of 3D that he described as deepening the film's sense of place and events. Yeah. So that's just a little bit about how much money it made and then like generally what critics thought. But based on this statement, I guess it, it means like if you see it in 3D, it's probably even more of like the experience they were trying to show you. Yeah, I guess. I didn't see it in 3D, but I I'm sure either. it was nice. 
Um, okay, so trivia. Toby Maguire was originally cast as the writer, like the oh, writer in the story. Ang Lee thought Maguire was too famous for such a small role and would have been distracting. Um, I, I actually, know. I actually agree with that. Um, because the writer is the one that he's talking to who's going to end up writing this as a book. And I feel like if you just had everyone in this movie who was essentially not very, very popular, and then you have Tobey Maguire as this short, like, small role, I would have been like, I don't know, it just feels out of place. Um, I think it could be out of place. Um, I don't, I guess I don't necessarily think it would be terrible, but I can understand where Ang Lee was coming from. Right. Um, so the main boy, uh, Suraj Sharma was never in the boat with a live tiger. I assumed. <laughs> Most of the tiger shots were very high CGI, but there were a few scenes like the tiger swimming in the water that did have a real tiger. So you just threw a tiger in the water? No, they had him in the water and then they started filming. Right, they didn't but like throw him. No, but what I mean is like obviously a tiger like I feel like Putting them in the water, they're pr- it's like more of a survival thing for them. I don't know. That makes me feel strange that a poor tiger had to be put in the water. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there was, there was I don't know if people remember, but there was a viral video about one of the people on the set who was like the handler of the tiger who didn't treat it well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like a really bad video, but... So this, so the tiger was probably fighting it for its life. I, I don't know, but most of it was CGI, but that was just a little thing that there was a real tiger where they filmed like very sparingly. Interesting. Um, the other thing was he also went, the, the main kid, uh, Suraj Sharma, only went to the audition for the part to support his brother. <laughs> Originally, he didn't want to go because it would, this was so funny. Mean he didn't want to go because it would mean waiting for hours. His brother bribed him to go with him by saying he would buy him a Subway sandwich afterwards. He then agreed and ended up getting the part after his brother's manager suggested it. That is a terrible manager. Why would you go against the person that you, like, let's say he's an agent. Why would you go against him and be like, actually, I think his brother would be better. I would have fired that person as my agent. He probably, like, the people who are auditioning him, probably he knew that. But he wasn't even there for an audition. No, but his client, he probably knew, didn't get the part. And he's just like, why don't you have your brother try? But that's so random. His brother, like... That's almost like being like, oh, you're in the room. Why don't you give it a shot? Sometimes casting people can just look at someone and be like, I have a feeling this kid might be something. How sad was his brother? I don't know, but I just think that's amazing. It's just like, this is literally, if someone bribes me with a sandwich, I would go too. And just the fact that he wanted a sandwich and ended up in this multi-million dollar film is fantastic. That makes me feel so bad for the brother. Okay, so I did notice this, but the aspect ratio yeah. changes in two scenes. So there's a 2-35-1 for the flying fish scene, and then a 4-3 for when Pi and Richard lay on the boat, and a big glowing fish passes underneath. The as- aspect ratio shift is something the director always wanted to do since film school, so he did it in the movie. But why? So the way I took it was when they switched the aspect ratio, it was scenes that was even more fantastical than you would think. Like, being in the the boat with the tiger, yes, that can be fictional, but when you have fish flying, to me, that was really the scenes where 
he's adding this extra flair to the story to make it more imaginative. And I realized that anytime the aspect ratio changed, it was during those kinds of scenes. I kind of was distracted by it because I've seen movies do this before and I'm always like, oh shit, did the aspect ratio change or like, was I just not paying attention the whole time? I don't know. I, I found it a little distracting because then I'm like, why is it these parts need to change in the aspect ratio? Well, it's because of what I said about it being extra imaginative but he says the 235 one aspect ratio was chosen to enhance the visual depth between the flying fish and the ocean as angley said the scope was the only way to see the flying fish scene and with the black areas at the bottom of the frame i could really pull fish out of there. well i mean that's that's a reason then that's yeah. kind of what i was looking for and then the four three was used as a homage to the the cover of the book so it's the exact same image but with the whale shark added so okay. he wanted to kind of do that with the cover of the book that's fair i mean i just wanted an explanation yeah. there wasn't too much trivia and there's actually not too many goofs the fact that i looked at this movie it's the least goofs i've seen of any movie we've done CGI. so far how to me, that can up? be even more goofy. Well, no, because it's not like, oh, something was in the shot and then you come back a different day. Like, people are just working on it. Yeah, I mean, but I also feel like that goes with, if you have less goofs, to me, it's people who are really on top of things. Which so, is a good thing. Yeah. So let's go into the goofs. So one of the goofs is when Pi's father is going to feed the goat, the goat is outside the cage. So he's feeding the tiger with the goat. So the goat is placed outside the yeah, tiger I notice cage. This. But after Richard Parker, the tiger, has made his move, it is inside. The goat shouldn't get behind the bar's hole. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, are they trying to tell me that like that tiger squeezed that goat into those confinements? Yeah, that that when I watched it, I noticed that. I'm like, that's definitely unrealistic. That wouldn't be possible but that is something i usually never notice the goofs i definitely realized oh yeah because that was absurd um one of the japanese investigators um claims when he's talking about the story and he's telling the investigator about all the fantastical things and the japanese investigator doesn't believe him he claims that bananas do not float this can easily be proven wrong with a simple experiment that fresh bananas do indeed float but fresh as opposed to what like ripe bananas? Um, I'm guessing me. I don't know. It says fresh bananas, but how do you just not be like, hey, do they float and try? I think I did notice that too because I was like, I can't really tell which one would be right and wrong. Like, do I just have to pretend that they're being right? So that I thought that was funny. Um, when standing in the French class talking about his name, Pi, Pi writes the number Pi to nine digits after the decimal point. According to the mathematical rounding rules, the ninth digit is actually false in the movie. So Come he writes on. he he writes 3.14159265358979, you know. And he keeps going. Apparently the ninth digit they wrote was incorrect. <laughs> I mean, I feel like only like a big mathematician person would be like looking. No, specifically yeah, but all you have to do know. is just copy it. I know they probably just figured like, oh, like no one's gonna know. They probably thought it was right and they just didn't fact check it. I don't know. Right, and it's funny because in the movie the kid writes it, so he must have written like a hundred numbers after yeah. the decimal. And then if you were to check, you'd be like, oh, the ninth one's wrong, so everything's wrong. Oh my god. Um, I thought that was. Funny. Oh yeah, because then everything is wrong. It's a totally different number. And then the last one I didn't notice is when Adult Pie is telling the story, you can see the camera reflected in his eyes. Oh, I didn't. I for sure didn't notice that. Yeah. Kind of like off 
topic, but how do you feel about when, like, blood or water gets on, like, a camera and you can see that? Like, what do you think about that? I think, obviously, like, we know we're watching a movie, so sometimes I think, like, it's kind of, it's not cute, but I'm just like, I don't know, I kind of like it. It kind of takes me out of it, because I'm like, oh yeah, there's a camera there. Like, I get how sometimes you can't get around it, but, like, Whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, to me, it makes me think of when I'm in a pool and like water gets splashed, like when water actually gets splashed in my eyes, like I get like a little, so it kind of makes me think of that, but I actually like it because that's, I don't know. Okay. So that was all I had. Um, what would you rate this movie out of 10? Um, I would rate it a six out of 10. It definitely was not a bad movie. And I think by the end, I really started to enjoy it more. I would just say that whole middle section it just didn't get me as much as other people. But, like, I feel like maybe I, I'm i definitely in the minority. So, like, maybe I missed something. Maybe I just didn't get out of it as what other people did. But seems like a majority of people love this movie. So I was very self-conscious when I saw that everybody, like, loved it. So, but again, it's just it's just me. So I would give it a 6 out of 10. I'd give it, like, an 8, eight and a half. I, I just, I love movies about stories like stories about stories and the power of storytelling because to me the power of storytelling is like film in general do you know any other movies that are like stories being told besides like uh um princess bride and let's get disney i feel like disney not even a story within a story but like big fish is a story about stories and it makes me cry that's a good one it's so good um it really gets me about that just because i know a lot of people love film for they could even love it for the technological aspects, all of this. My favorite part of movies has always been a script. Um, so essentially the story. So that's my main selling point when it comes to movies. So it's it's no a no-brainer that I love movies about stories. I'm sure there's definitely more we're just not thinking of. I'm trying to think of movies where at the end, like, they were telling something the whole time. Yeah, I know. There's definitely Big Fish is definitely a huge one. And Big Fish is definitely one of my favorite movies as well. Yeah, Big Fish is good. Um, We'll be mad when we see that there are other movies and we're like, ah, no. But definitely some. Um, So if you've seen Life of Pi when we end up posting this or on social media, like, let us know what you think of the movie. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen it. Um, or just any movies that you love with animal sidekicks. Yeah, this will be up in like three hours. But yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like animal sidekicks and animal movies are always different because I feel like that's a one topic that I feel like people would just have very different, like, lists. Like, everyone would have very yeah. different lists. There's so many movies with animals in it. Yeah. All right, so what do we have for, I don't know what date it is, but what do we have for next time? Yeah, I think just for everyone, I think we're we're skipping another week so like this should come out monday the 17th this next episode Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna have you watch a show not like a full show so i'm gonna have you watch um an anime you're gonna watch the first five episodes which is under two hours if you like put it through so you're gonna watch haikyuu which is the volleyball anime. So the reason I picked that was I was between a few. I wanted to do Death Note, but Stephanie has seen 
the live action Which death note. I actually love the live action death note. I feel like people will actually give me death threats for saying that. So the reason why you enjoy it is because like, so that was your first, like the concept of the movie is very interesting, yeah. but like you didn't see the series. So the reason I didn't pick that is because you know the concept. So there's no point. I was thinking about giving you Attack on Titan as well, but you've seen the first two episodes. So I was like, okay. But Haikyuu is probably one of the most popular sports animes um, it was, I think the first season was in 2000, 2012, maybe I forget, but so the um, time at life of Pi came out. Yeah. So it's still probably like almost 10 years old. Um, but this is one of the big animes that I feel like a lot of people have seen. Um, I thought maybe you would enjoy it as well because we both played volleyball in high school and really everyone that I've heard that has watched Haikyuu loves it. So it'll be interesting because you're only watching the first five episodes. So you're How not How many like, episodes are in a season? Oh my God. Like 20? Yeah. And there's like four seasons. Jeez. So, but I did read what happens at the end of the fifth episode and you do get like a clear, there's like events that happen and it ends. So um, I'm really interested to hear what Is this what still you, on Netflix? No, I'll just have to give you my Crunchyroll login. Um, but five episodes, it's, each is like 23 minutes. It's all under two hours. I do have to say for the purpose of me asking you questions, you can't skip the opening theme song in the end. Just like keep it going. What do you mean the end? So there's also an end end credit. So I'd say this, if you want to <laughs> skip, no, the reason why you shouldn't skip the end credits is because sometimes there's little scenes right after, kind of like how uh, Marvel does that. So okay. don't skip it because getting familiar with the theme songs are important. So don't skip any of that. And you can watch it at any point. I mean, if you want to watch all five and be like, this is oh, like I, my movie I, thing, then that's I fine. don't do that with television. Well, I mean, it's still under two hours. No, I know. But like... I guess just don't try to watch like too much time between the episodes so that you forget what's happening, I guess. But you can watch it in any way that you please as long as you get it done. Um, so yeah, Stephanie's going to be watching Haikyuu and it'll be an interesting episode. It's our first TV one and especially with, you know, it's five episodes. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Our top three definitely can't do what no, is so our favorite animes. So mine would be nothing, nothing, and nothing. I'm going to be doing our fa top three anime movies because you oh, can, okay. you can I do have that. Of those. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do shows because Stephanie's not well versed in the shows, but we'll one, do anime I've movies. I've seen plenty of those. Yeah. So that's it for our episode. We'll see you guys in about three weeks. So we'll see you then.